Hello world, my name is Kent C. Dodds and you are watching Angular Air. Uh, we are going to be talking about Ionic 2 today, which uh, coincides perfectly with Angular 2 and we're excited about um, what's going on in uh, the mobile space uh, with hybrid apps. So uh, before we get started, I'll just go through a couple of quick announcements. First off, remember that if you're watching live, um, which I hope you are because it's fun to watch live, um, you can ask a question on Twitter with the hashtag NGAirQuestion, and you can drill our guests um, with some pretty intense questions, but please be nice. <laughs> and uh, then, just as always, our next show um, is actually not exactly a week from today. Um, what day is it? Olivier, can you jump in? When is our next show? Wednesday. Olivier is going to be sort of heading up our next show. Uh, so you want to mention what it's going to be about, Olivier? Yeah, sure. So um, we'll be at Angular Connect. Uh, it's a today's conference in London, and we'll be uh, live during the lunch of the second day. We will try to grab a few speakers and uh, ask them how it went and how, well, if they have anything to share, <laughs> it will be the occasion. So. And it will be in public. Um, people at uh, the conference can come and see us uh, interview speakers. So we'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, see you next week for this one. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to be obviously a different time because it's on the other side of the world from where I am um, at, at noon. Um, so I think that'll be, I don't know, really, really early in the morning for me. But um, I'll. Yeah, I'll still be on, and it will be awesome. So looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, and then as always, follow us on Twitter and Google Plus to keep up to date with the latest stuff so you don't miss out on cool things going on. So yeah, let's jump into it. Um, so first obvious question, what is Ionic, and what does it have to do with Angular? I guess I can uh, <laughs> kick it off here. So Ionic in general is a way to build um, uh, mobile applications, but using um, Angular and kind of Ionic's CSS and framework to put it all together and um, use the, uh, using Cordova and as a hybrid app, as they call it. So basically you're using web technology such as HTML, CSS, JavaScript to build a mobile application that can go on both iOS and Android. Is it limited to just iOS and Android, or is there work to get it onto other platforms also? Yeah, so that's um, that's something that we didn't necessarily focus on to begin with with Ionic 1, um, where Windows Phone support was, um, it worked, but it wasn't as nearly as polished as the other two. Um, so we're still keeping an eye on that because it takes a lot of development time to make it work on Windows Phone um, when they have a very small market share, but, the, but we have started changing that um, more recently, and the way that Ionic 2 is structured is it's allowing us to then easily add in other types of um, modes, as we're calling it, into it. So Windows Phone support is definitely on our radar to make sure that it's covered. And with uh, what's the work that's going on right now with Edge um, and the, the new Windows Phone updates, I kind of have um, no doubts in my mind I won't be able to get it updated easily without having to worry about kind of IE9 type of uh, core debugs that you'd have to deal with back in the day. So. Um, yeah, so definitely more support going with Ionic 2. Awesome. So um, what's, well, 
Yeah, um, here's here's a softball question. I don't know who was asking this, um, but uh, the the release date. Um, I think everybody watching right now, that's the number one question on their minds, uh, and I'm sure you love answering this question. When is Ionic 2 coming out? When is Ionic 2 coming out? Well, <laughs> it's always hard to put a specific date on it because we want to focus on quality first. But um, we've been working on it for the last few months, um, and really it's kind of in line with how Angler 2 is releasing their schedule because we can't say that we're done and then Angler 2 completely refactors everything tomorrow. Um, so we're, we've been staying in line with where um, Angler 2's release schedule is, but that being said, we're identical, like within six hours difference of where um, Angler 2 is. Um, and we've been working with the team directly on a weekly ba basis. We talked with uh, Mishko and Igor um, and Brad. And so we've definitely been um, fortunate to be a part of the development cycle and be able to express our opinions of how things should work, point out different bugs. Um, so I would like to think that um, immediately when Angler 2 is released, uh, we will also be released at the same time. And even that said, there's going to be you know a couple weeks of release candidates beforehand um, with very minor changes. So even at that point, um, I'd be proud to show off Ionic 2 um, and release it. So it, it's kind of dependent on Angler 2's um, uh, the release schedule, but that's coming up in um, very shortly here. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I was just going to say that there's, I don't know who I heard this from, but there's some rumors that uh, there there will be a public version that you can play with here soon. It'll be an alpha, but yeah, I don't know. That's just like a rumor. I don't know who I heard that from. Just a big mystery. Yeah, somehow it's been floating around the office that we'll be releasing an alpha very, very soon. Cool. Um, so somebody is giving off some really bad static. Am I the only one hearing that? Yeah, I think. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Um, okay, so uh, another thing that I think people might, especially those not familiar with Ionic, might be wondering is um, what's so special about Ionic 2? What, what makes um, Ionic 1 and Ionic 2 different? Um, I guess I'll jump in on that one. Uh, so really, the the thing that's that's cool about Ionic 2 is that, in general, like the way you use it isn't really changing. Uh, so I think a lot of people who are kind of afraid about Angular 2, about Ionic 2, will find that Ionic 2 is actually very similar to Ionic 1. You're writing a lot of the same markup. You're styling apps very, in the very same way. Um, and it actually goes for Angular 2 as well. Like I think most people who are in the Ionic 1, uh, Angular 1 world, when they start using Angular 2, they'll realize like the concepts are pretty much the same, just some of the names have changed. Uh, and the foundation is a lot stronger. So that's the same thing that does happen with us. And what Angular 2 has let us do is basically re-architect Ionic underneath to make it way more um, native-styled. And what I mean by that is basically the way that a mobile app works is uh, quite a bit different than like a normal website, especially when it comes to like navigation, the way you move around the app. Um, is way more flexible in Ionic 2, so you can navigate inside of anything, like slide up a modal and then you know have a navigation area inside the modal. That was hard with Ionic 1 because we kind of clung, I think, a little bit too much to uh, making it work perfectly with like browser URLs. And there's there's definitely like a unfortunately a uh, a pretty significant functionality difference 
between what you can do and uh, you're kind of tying the whole user interface to this like kind of linear URL. Um, so we've broken them apart a little bit. It's let us create much more native style UIs. Um, we've hardened everything. Performance is a lot better, uh, which a lot of it is just side effect of just using Angular 2. Um, and then we've added way more support for material design. So out of the box, we'll have basically material design and iOS uh, support immediately. Um, so it's a lot of things like that, like just kind of the core has gotten a lot better. One thing that you mentioned, <clears throat> so uh, with routing, did you, does that mean you guys created your own router? Uh, no, it means we created our own uh, lower level router. So right now, the, the routing system we have is very much like a standard mobile push-pop style routing system where you just push a view, pop a view. Um, and we we did build our own kind of router temporarily while we were waiting for the Angular one, but we are working with the Angular one here soon. Um, so actually, you know, kudos to the, the new router. It's very flexible underneath, so you can pull out the actual, like, underlying implementation we can put our own in. That's not quite ready yet. It won't be ready for a bit, uh, but... I think it'll work really well. Yeah, you have, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. The, the big difference here is um, with Ionic One and Angular One, we were very tied to what the router told us, told the app what to do. It said, "Okay, you're now at this location. Now, app, you should do this." Whereas we're kind of reversing that with Ionic Two, is that the app always knows what's going on. You're able to change the, the history state. You're able to push and pop different views on, and then after the fact, it's like, "Okay, this is now the URL you should be at." I know it's like a, it's kind of a, a subtle difference, but it's a very significant difference in allowing the developer to really build out this experience that they, they'd like to see within their app, and it also kind of follows the same um, methods which you'd see in a traditional native app, such as iOS and Android. So um, in doing so, we've been able to add a lot more power for the developer. Um, and also, I wouldn't say that, um, how do I put it? We're not like getting rid of routing whatsoever. It still works with the URLs. And even, I wouldn't even say that we built our own router because it's not something that we're tying up to the URL. It's just kind of the internal structure of how a navigation works with Ionic. And that said, then any router essentially um, can be wired up to update our navigation system. So it's not, the, it's not that we're ditching routers or that we're writing our own router. It's just that we've got our own way of navigating inside of Ionic. And then any router can update Ionic. So um, did you have to code any new components that were missing from Angular 2, except this uh, router part? Did we have to code any different components? Any, any new components that you you had in Angular 1 but were missing in Angular 2? Oh, right. Um, honestly, what new components did we have? So yeah, we've added a, um, a handful of, of new ones I know we we're missing, such as a better search bar. Um, let see, help me out, Ben. What were the other ones that we added in here? Um, the uh, control. Um, yeah, one of the big ones was segment control. Because in Ionic 1, the button bar is kind of what we built from the beginning, and we hadn't really been able, we weren't really able to extend that into what we, what most people were using it for, which is more like a radio style, uh, like segment control. So that's one thing we've had to build. And yeah, an actual search bar component uh, instead of like styling a form to look like a search component. Um, God, there's a, even tabs yeah, have just there's been a lot. Redone. I think it's there's more like 
they've been kind of expanded to actually work on both platforms in a more like seamless way. Like we've added, we like we totally redid the side menu. So now we support like all these different side menu types, like overlay on Android. Um, we're kind of opinionated in the sense that like if you go to Material Design, like Google is kind of wanting Material Design to work the same way on iOS and Android, and we don't have that opinion. Like we think iOS apps should look like iOS apps, or at least follow most of the the paradigms. So like things like the overlay menu, uh, we don't necessarily agree that should always be an overlay on iOS. So we we made it way more flexible. People could do a lot of different things. Um, a lot of the form elements have gotten hardened. Uh, so every component has kind of gotten like built out quite a bit. And there's like a few small ones, but I think most people will find that we've kept the core kind of the same, which is part of our goal. We want other people to build like Tinder cards, like things that don't make sense in the core framework. That's what we want to enable, but we need to keep the core like really well, uh, kind of solid and, and simple. So how much did you actually rewrite everything from scratch versus was there anything from either one that you were able to carry over? Uh, yeah, I think... Actually, there was a lot of overlaps, but I think we had to express them in a different way. Um, and this is really, I think, one of the awesome things about Angular 2 is you're writing vanilla JavaScript basically most of the time. Uh, but when we went to Angular 1, like a lot of the code was kind of using these weird like dollar services um, that were uh, hard to just port over verbatim. We did get a lot of use out of the CSS, but we did have to rewrite a good amount of the JavaScript. Adam, you want to add something to that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do want to make sure that we don't scare one off saying that we, we've completely changed Ionic completely, which, which isn't the case. So under the hood, yes, it's been refactored, but it's kind of been refactored with um, lessons learned from Ionic 1, where areas that we could improve our CSS, um, different ways to, to use Flexbox where appropriate. But what the developer is using is still kind of the, the original Ionic that they're familiar with. It's the same markup. And then, like Max has pointed out, um, the JavaScript looks different, but it's really, it's now using standard um, JavaScript, right? It's not using kind of a made-up pattern that Angular came up with. It's a pattern that now is going to be very familiar to JavaScript developers from this point forward. So um, they're now writing vanilla JavaScript. You're now using just normal CSS. The markup is the same way as it was in uh, version 1. So, um, yeah, I think, I think people are going to really like um, Ionic 2. And then that all said, it's now using Angular 2 under the hood, so you're going to get all those performance benefits from that. So so you're saying the concepts are, are practically the same for, for Angular 1 and Angular 2 versions of Ionic. Could you, would you say that you could even like have your Ionic act for existing users and then um, have them create like a Ionic 2 app from like a starter or something and then just look page for page and kind of like Oh, well, I can just make it like this. Does the markup's the same? Would you think like the transition to Angular um, um, to Ionic two would be um, because the concepts are same, like pretty easy? Actually, I just I did this not too long ago, and it's funny because I did like a I think I did a little screencast, but literally I took my code and I had some controllers and whatnot, and I mapped it to Angular two components, and really like all I had to do is just delete code, uh, and that's yeah. like. Beautiful. Like it was not really like totally rechanging. It was just like, oh, I don't need this line. It's irrelevant now. Um, but yeah, most of the markup was kind of identical. Yeah, that's been my experience um, when converting Angular one apps to Angular two. It's more or less like uh, if you follow a certain style, and the Ionic uh, style is pretty much the like the correct way of how you would want it 
uh, establishes like a really large like ionic, uh, really large angular app. So it's like um, it's really cool that um, that you're able to kind of use like the similar interface with the two. I had a quick question. Um, so, what is the story like for using in in Ionic one uh, ES six or TypeScript? I'm not terribly familiar with Ionic, so that might be a naive question. Maybe it's the exact same as a regular Angular app. I don't know. So that's actually um, pretty simple. I'm working on a bunch of series and like how you can go ahead and take an Ionic one app, <clears throat> set it up for TypeScript, and get it so get it to a point where people can start adapt, uh, adopting TypeScript now and know that everything's going to say, okay, well, now I can go from a controller, um, move everything out to a constructor function, move it up to a proper class, use actual modules. How do you create, like, a full build step? And then once Ionic 2 comes out, it's more of a simple, it's like, okay, that's changed, that's changed, plug and play, you know, certain uh, pieces and it should be a simple turnkey solution. But currently with Ionic 1, yeah, you can use TypeScript right now. Um, you know, create your source directory, change all the extensions to .ts, and it's that simple. Are you guys going the TypeScript route also? With, uh, f with V2? Yes. So... <laughs> Everyone wants answers. So we we're doing like a uh, we're doing a temporary middle ground solution right now. Um, we initially built it with AdScript back when that still existed. So we pretend like that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so we we built it with AdScript, and we were kind of just using we were using AdScript for the annotation support for Angular two. Uh, so we weren't using the types, and we still aren't using the types completely. Um, and I think. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think we'll probably end up hardening the code with types over time. We are pretty pretty opinionated about not requiring the end user to have to use uh, TypeScript. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a great language, but I think the goal here and the goal that we all are looking for is we want the standard ES6, ES7, whatever, to be kind of the what actually gets built and run. Um, and if you want to... If you're building a bigger project and you want to like harden it with typing, you should be able to do that, but it, it doesn't need to be the default. Uh, so we're trying to find a good middle ground. Uh, I think we've got one. The tooling's a little bit haphazard, like we're using Babel in some areas and, and, and not in others, so we're trying to kind of consolidate that. But when we started in April, the tooling that was available is dramatically different and improved now than it was back then. So uh, I think that'll continue to happen. We'll, we'll kind of just adjust as we go. So they're actually having discussions in the core team now about how they want to package and deliver Angular 2, you know, as far as, uh, you know, with you know, a bunch of different distributables or, you know, the actual, like, TypeScript um, code so you can kind of pull it in as you need. So have you guys had thoughts to that? Because I, I know uh, kind of I'm familiar with how you package the uh, Ionic 1 app, but there will be have to be some differences if you're at least authoring in ES6, right? Right, yeah, there's been some um, significant changes there, so no more Bower. Bower is gone for us. Um, and then also, but what we are using, we're using NPM now, and we already have it up and running. And within the NPM module, we're providing all of our source. We're also providing um, 
ES5 CommonJS, and then also ES5 SystemJS, um, and I believe then the, the, the type definitions also. So we're kind of we're making sure that the NPM module provides all scenarios so that people can choose how they want to use Ionic. And then we also have just the single bundle file that would work on CodePen or work on Plunker. Um, so we're kind of providing all the options. Um, but then that said, the starters that we're, we're running with, we're using CommonJS and Webpack. We're finding um, that so far we're finding that to be the best solution and also the fastest one for uh, uh, CommonJS seems to be the right now the, the winner in um, startup times. And so I say that today, that's the one that we're going with. That one that's, seems to be the clear winner at the moment. So um, yeah, CommonJS is what we're recommending right now. Hey, I want to give you a virtual high five. Woo! Dropping Bower and adopting Webpack, two things that I am in full agreement with. Um, on, on that same vein, though, out of curiosity, what, is, um, what are your opinions on JSPM? Are you going to support JSPM um, when uh, Ionic 2 comes out? Is that um, in the plans? I actually can't speak smart enough about that, but I would like to think that, yes, um, we would want to support all the things. I think we can support it. We're pretty close to being there already. We probably just don't have the final um, configs wired up yet, but I'd say, yeah, I think we can, we can be able to pull that off, too. I'm not sure awesome. you really need to configure anything for JSPM once uh, NPM is working. So it should be pretty easy. Yeah, I, I just had to do a couple of fancy things with uh, for Angular formally to work because um, some problems with JSPM. But yeah, it's like a couple lines in your package JSON, and somebody will pull request it if they need it. So um, yeah. Um, another question. So y your team uh, are among the few who are actually developing with Angular 2 um, actively on a regular basis. And so I think our listeners would be interested in hearing about your experience. Um, like, what? Yeah, what's your experience been like um, in uh, developing with something that's currently in alpha? Yeah, it's actually been it's actually been a lot of fun. So I've been working with um, Mishko on a weekly basis for the last couple months now. Um, Igor has flown out here to Madison and helped us out for a couple days. Um, we talked with Brad and Naomi quite a bit. So it's actually they're they're extremely helpful in helping us get Ionic two um, up and running. Um, and it's funny, like when I work with Mishka, I'm always so surprised by how willing he is to like help me, you know, like because I always have kind of some, you know, I'm not Mishko, I don't have the, the knowledge he does, and so when I ask a question, he's always like, okay, okay, I'll, let me break it down for you. So I'm always like very surprised by how willing he is to take his time to, to help out with the questions I have. Um, so yeah, I've been, I, I can't say enough good things about the team in general and how helpful they've been to to help us out the last few months. Um, and yeah, we, we go to Angular Connect um, in the next couple of days to work with them a little bit more. So yeah, um, nothing but good things to say about working with the team and um, with everyone in general. Yeah, just on the coding side, like I think we when we when we kind of started to understand Angular two, uh, I think we realized like <laughs> how much dramatically better it was than V one. Um, it just made a lot more sense. The the hurdle. There, there have been a few hurdles. Um, number one was kind of getting all the tooling set up. Uh, so for a long time, we had to kind of like bootstrap the Ionic build from inside the Angular source folder because we couldn't figure out how to like get the, the build out. Um, but that was back when TypeScript was a thing and like they were using Broccoli. And uh, <clears throat> now our, our process works a lot better. But we had 
you know, there, there were a lot of kind of false starts on tooling, um, and there's been some renames, which is which is good because you know I think they they did the right thing by getting Angular 2 out early, even though it kind of surprised a lot of people because they've actually been able to get real feedback. You know, like the thing that we kind of pride ourselves on at Ionic is that we're trying to be very very easy, and so we kind of we don't have a lot of patience for complicated solutions that maybe like are kind of technically interesting if they're hard to use. Uh, so we kind of give that perspective, um, and uh, I think that's kind of helped shape. But if they hadn't opened it up and they hadn't worked with other teams, like we'd be hearing about it today, and like all that work that just happened over the last six months would be happening now instead. Um, so, uh, so, so that's one of the things that I think is really good. From like a programming standpoint, like I said, it's very similar. It's let us architect it in a more like GUI style way. Um, you know, like GUI libraries have a very different, like object-oriented style that's much easier to express in Angular 2 than it was in Angular 1. Um, so it's just been a pleasure when you actually get the tool train working. And like I said, that's kind of really gotten smoothed out. So I think people are going to really dig it. Awesome. I've seen your tweets and uh, everything about how much you love Angular 2. So um, that sounds exciting. Um, to anybody who is listening on the audio podcast, I, I recommend that you check out the video at about 25 minutes in or so and watch Patrick. Um, I'm, that's all I'm going to say. All right, let's move Wait, on. <laughs> Surprise guest. Sorry. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, so stop. that. <laughs> that only sort of derailed us. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so, so just so people aren't like completely confused who are listening on the podcast, you should mention that that is our good friend Lucas, who's working, Lubolki, uh, who's working with Patrick now in Phoenix, and has sort of jumped on uh, behind Patrick. Good times. Okay, let's uh, Olivier. Why don't you jump on these couple questions you got? Uh, Olivia, you are muted. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they pretty much answered the first one, so I'm going to ask the second one only. Um, did, is it hard uh, to work on the Ionic 1 code base in Angular 1? Know that you're kind of used to Angular 2. Is it harder in the sense of um, you don't want to, to do that anymore? Well, I think if you look at our commit activity on, on the actual repo, that answer will kind of come out to you. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, it, the reality is that Ionic 2 represents like a, a big enough change for us, like an improvement, that we have kind of shifted most of our energy towards it. And so we're hustling to get uh, V2. We're actually going to merge it back into Ionic, uh, the repo, because we've got to have those stars. We can't lose those stars. Um, and so that will kind of go back up. But I think we've, you know, just kind of going back to, to the, the context switch, I think going back and forth is actually pretty easy. Um, and I know we were just doing some Ionic 1 stuff uh, recently, uh, and that's, that, like, it's kind of the credit to Angular 2 again. It's really, we're all using Angular. There's just two implementations of it, V1 and V2. And V1 is a little bit different. 
Um, but it's simple in its own way, and V2, simple in its own way. So I think the mindset's actually pretty simple. The difference with, with Ionic 1 is really the navigation kind of throws a ton of complexity, and we, we, we're trying to keep it stable. So it's really stabilized. It's not going to get a ton of new features over the lifetime just because I think there's some fundamental design uh, things that make that hard with navigation specifically. So V2 will end up getting most of the, the energy, but uh, we will still support it. We will still patch it. Like we, we did a bunch of patching recently. Um, but time will tell how that kind of plays out. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, so actually, Patrick has a couple of questions down here that I think uh, kind of talk more about your um, platform um, than just your uh, the uh, library, the Ionic uh, framework. So Patrick, do you want to talk about or ask some of these questions that you've got? Yeah. So like, um, you guys started expanding um, into other um, parts and turning Ionic into like a platform now. Um, so what are the the cool things that you guys created is uh, Ionic Creator, um, which allows you to build Ionic apps faster uh, with this drag and drop uh, interface. Can you um, talk more about this and kind of explain like like why we arrived here and how like uh, awesome it is and like how great it is for uh, prototyping? So I could probably jump in here and talk about this because it's been something that <coughs> I have been deep in the trenches working on the last uh, several months here alongside Ionic 2. Um, but Creator is getting a massive, like, sweeping upgrade. Um, and just, just to jump back a little bit, um, before we were ever working on Ionic, we built drag-and-drop tools. We built one for uh, jQuery Mobile back in the day. That tool was called Kodaka. And then we, we built one called Jetstrap that helps you, like, quickly prototype uh, bootstrap websites and so creator for us was like the ultimate evolution of those of our like uh, explorations in drag and drop uh, software and but tied to Ionic specifically and so we put out a, a, a pretty awesome version very buggy but beta and workable version of creator last year um, and essentially just let it run and uh, got feedback from people throughout this entire year. And then um, recently, earlier this spring or summer, we kind of decided it was time to really like jump back into Creator and, and bring it up to speed with where we had envisioned it when we first built it. So basically our goal with Creator is to make it just super, super easy for people. Um, you don't have to be a developer, um, but developers could use it just, just the same um, to get up and running with a simple starter app um, with Ionic. So Visually, you would build the, I guess you could say, outline or wireframe of your app um, by dragging in different components, all of the Ionic components, and then Creator would spit out for you the Ionic code to get up and running with that prototype or wireframe. So the, the benefit really is that, um, unlike some other prototyping tools or wireframing tools, you, you usually just get PDFs or JPEGs. Um, Creator actually gives you Ionic code to get up and running, so it's almost like a, um, like a quick bootstrap. which has been just massively improved. Um, probably, I don't want to say, actually, I don't even know what I should say. We're, we're launching it very soon, within the next week or so. It's, it's fantastically good. It's, it's, the, it's 
essentially the same code that you would write if you were building it yourself. Um, at least that's our goal with it. Um, obviously, we'll probably have to iron out some hiccups as usual, but um, our vision is to have Creator be uh, just as good as if you were just coding it by hand, um, setting up routing, setting up all the different pages, you know, login screens, account creation screens, tabs, all of that stuff is in Creator, and you just get it. Um, like the other day, we were playing around with it. We built a simple like pizza ordering app in Creator in like 10 minutes. Um, and spit out the code, all organized correctly, and it kind of blew our minds. Um, we got really excited, and so we're really, really excited to get this new version out um, very, very, very soon. I don't know, Max, if you want to jump in and add anything on that, because Max has also been working on this as well. Yeah, I mean, all I'd say is I think uh, it also represents what we see a little bit of the future being. Um, and like for the for the for our first two products, what we were kind of surprised to see was you had a lot of people really loving the tools that weren't necessarily developers, but they were still able to make something that was actually real. Um, and I've always been, I think we've always been passionate about enabling people to be software creators, and even if they aren't like developers, that's kind of been the root of this company ever since day one. I mean, we built the first tool because Ben. Was, was doing design work and kind of throwing out all his hard mock-up work so the developer could start over from scratch just to build like the same thing but in the actual UI toolkit. Um, so we're super passionate about that and I think we want to get more of like the rest of the team, like the, the managers, the artists, the uh, you know clients or whatever kind of participating and, and you know yes it happens to use Ionic underneath but I think that product will end up kind of being a little bit more standalone over time um, and so we're super excited about that yeah so I think the Ionic creator is amazing because like if you look at every single because it's like the holy grail right because like you see every single like generating the like, code generator thing out there and they always spit out like really bad code and that's just because they don't have control over, like, the components, right? And as opposed to Ionic, where you have control over the components, you're able to make, like, a few, like, uh, best patterns, and then, like, you're able to generate the, the code. And uh, from there, it's a really good way to, like, bootstrap your, uh, your application. So, like, with um, Ionic Creator around the corner, like, what do you, what do you think about uh, Ionic Lab? Like, can you explain more about Ionic Lab uh, as compared to, like, Ionic Creator and uh, more of, like, um, what the, the reason is for Ionic Lab. <laughs> I guess I'll take that as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, just look at GitHub. Ionic Lab is like GitHub for Mac. Um, we have, like, the main way you use Ionic today is through the command line. And, like, frankly, that's, that's okay for a lot of people, but it's not okay for a lot of other people. Um, and so we kind of decided that we wanted to build a GUI for that front for that command line experience. Uh, we actually used Ionic and Electron, so that's it's an example of Ionic being used in a different uh, platform. Worked out actually pretty well. So uh, yeah, so the idea is that you can download this desktop tool, you can start projects, you can test and debug them. It's a little more visual. Um, we aren't really sure where we're going to take it. We're just going to let it ride for a bit, try to get more people using it. Uh, so we recently rolled out like a, a Windows and Linux version. So now it's kind of feature complete for version one. And so we just want to see how people use it. And the reception's been really good. We're trying to promote it. Uh, 
but I think, you know, if I had a hunch, I think you'd see a, you'll see a little bit more marriage between creator and lab potentially, and just kind of that being like the our watering hole. Uh, but we're that's still super early. Cool, awesome. And then what about Ionic uh, platform, which kind of ties everything into each other? Or Ionic.io. Yeah, yeah, I'll answer that one as well. So uh, the going back a little bit, like we we realized when we built Ionic, like kind of kind of one of the one of the things that we wanted to do was. Uh, you had a lot of web developers, and they were kind of building. Uh, they really wanted to build mobile apps, but they were struggling. Um, I mean, you had tools like Cordova and PhoneGap, which are great, but they don't like by design. They don't do enough for you. So what you end up building with them is is a little bit rougher because you don't have a user interface kit to kind of help you go the full distance. So that's what we wanted to do with Ionic initially, uh, and then we kind of realized that if you once you got the UI working, there were all these other services that you needed to build a mobile app. Analytics, push notifications, uh, A-B testing, all these things. In the whole ecosystem right now, if you go look at like startups that are providing mobile services, they're almost all targeted at people who are writing native code. You're writing Objective-C, you're writing Android, you're using native views. And this, by and large, was not our community at all. Like You had all these web developers. They wanted to write HTML and have it uh, be a website website inside the app and like they liked that instead of being like you know repulsed by it <laughs> so we felt like all right no one's catering to these people at all um, let's actually care about them and realize that they're just trying to get something built with like this awesome web stack we all have let's give them better tools to do it so uh, that kind of is starting to form like a little bit more of like the business behind this because we do actually need to make money someday so um, that back end uh, air, layer is kind of starting to kind of build out with push notifications. We're getting a few more like external partners that we're adding for other things like error tracking and stuff like that. So it's not all going to be stuff that we build. Um, and it's, the point is it's just easy to get those pieces built for you quickly. So yeah. Jeff was Jeff was actually wondering just as a follow up to what you were talking about needing to make money someday. Um, if you could touch briefly on how you do actually make money um, and how, how you're supporting this right now. Yeah, so uh, we so we, we did raise some money. So we have investors, which does kind of um, support the bulk of it right now. Um, and we are actually, Creator is going to be the first product that we monetize here soon. Uh, probably this week we're going to launch it. And the idea is that if you're a business and you want like more business features, you'll pay for Creator, but for most people it would be free. Um, so that's uh, that's one way. Uh, the back-end stuff is starting to actually mature a little bit, so we'll end up charging for different services. We've been pretty upfront about that. Uh, and that's the current plan. We're just going to get those out and start to grow it over the next year or so. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing great financially, so uh, don't worry, Ionix not disappearing anytime soon. So the people that I know that use Ionic, including myself, you know, love the platform, love using it, uh, the support you guys have, and kind of how easy it is. And I'm curious, you know, recently in the past like six months, especially, there's been like a lot of hype around like React Native as like a platform for developers to like kind of easily. Some of the stuff, even though the um, philosophies are different, 
that conceptually it's kind of the same from trying to make it easier for the developer, right, as when they're building on these different mobile platforms. So can you guys talk a little bit about how you would compare yourselves to kind of React Native and kind of moving forward, um, also like Angular 2, yeah, they, they're, the team is working, you know, to have that work with React Native, work with Native Script. Um, so there's other kind of options there. So maybe talk about, you know, those as well. Yeah, so React Native is awesome, uh, just to be totally cool. Like, I played with it, built some stuff with it, super fun. Um, I think uh, there's definitely a philosophical difference, uh, and I think that will kind of be more clear over time. Um, you know, on the, on, like, initially, like, the most obvious difference is we're building everything almost entirely in the web browser world. Um, we are very passionate about web tech. We think uh, that by using this, this standard web development stack, HTML, JavaScript, and CSS in its most normal form gives us the largest potential uh, kind of opportunity to get people building mobile apps. But I think it also, like I touched, this on, a touched on this a little bit, but our goal is not necessarily to um, be focused on people building really hardcore mobile apps forever. Like, we definitely want that, and people are doing it with Ionic. I'm more excited about all these people who, like, I, I kind of overlap them a little bit with the WordPress-style developer. Uh, they, they have a little bit of web development skills. They know how to build something for a browser, um, but they're having a really hard time coming and building on mobile. So Ionic really, really appeals to that community because it's kind of the same stuff they already know. Um, so over time, I really want that to be our niche uh, and kind of, like, as, as, as we have more excuses to build apps and they kind of, a, for better or for worse, replace websites, uh, I think Ionic's really, really going to thrive in that community specifically. Um, on the flip side of it, we are obviously making it easy to build really complicated apps, and Ionic 2 really pushes performance forward. Um, but we've learned a lot from React Native, actually. Like, you need to have more... Uh, native stuff built in. Uh, you can't rely on this like plugin ecosystem. So with Ionic 2, we're actually starting to add a lot more native stuff into the box, like out of the gate. So I think you'll probably end up seeing Ionic 2 on mobile specifically have more of a deeper connection to the native UI underneath. We're not quite saying how yet, but it's something we're very open to. And I think uh, I think you'll you'll kind of see that Ionic fits really well into this uh, growing niche, and people find it super easy to get stuff up and running quickly. And React Native will still be popular, um, and it'll be uh, good for everyone because everyone's not just writing Objective-C in Java. Uh, so that's kind of a high-level answer. I think we'll see how it plays out. I love that jab to Objective-C in Java. Ha, take that. <laughs> nice. Um, cool. I think uh, we're actually running out of time. Uh, and so we're going to jump into the Q&A on Twitter. Uh, and we do have one question. If anybody else watching live has a question, you can ask with the hashtag NGAirQuestion. And uh, I'll keep this open to the end of the show, so hopefully we don't miss it. So the one question is, is there a way to get alpha access to Ionic version 2? Uh, I would say yes. Um, if you're watching the show, just tweet at us, and we'll hook you up. How about that? I love that. Giving gifts to our listeners, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, cool. So um, 
let's go ahead and we'll jump into our uh, our picks and tips, and then I'll I'll double check the hashtag. Um, so if anybody watching live has another question, just let us know. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, save the best for last. So our guests will go last, and we'll just start out with uh, Patrick JS. What do you got for us? Yeah. So my tip is learn Node.js. Like even if you do front end only, you should still learn Node.js. Um, if only just like a little bit of it um, on the side or side projects. And my my pick is Ionic. Uh, whoops, <laughs> I was gonna say Ionic Connect. <laughs> my my pick is Angular Connect. Uh, so you should tune in live uh, either uh, with Angular Air um, or uh, the Angular Connect uh, broadcast. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool, Olivier. Um, so I started working on Angular 2 about two weeks ago, and I just released my first library. <laughs> so this is kind of self-promoting. Uh, it's uh, ng2 translate. I don't know where I got the name. And uh, <laughs> it's just to to do what you could do with Angular Translate uh, in Angular 2. So if you guys are just wanted to learn um, some basics of Angular 2 and want to try and maybe make pull requests, it's, it's a good time because I'm just starting, so a lot of things to add. Um, yeah, it, it's nice. <laughs> and my second pick was Angular Connect <laughs> as well. Um, don't forget to watch the live stream if you can come. Um, they will be uh, they will be streaming the bus bus rooms, and they will upload the videos on YouTube like 20 minutes after the after the talk. So you don't have any excuse to miss. Uh, yeah, some yeah, some dogs. Yeah. Are you are you bringing your cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. uh, if anybody's listening and not watching, you have to tune in during that little part. Um, Olivier's cat is is cute. I think Amy might even call it adorable. I'm about to get mine <laughs> when I'm done. <laughs> Amy, now now that you're unmuted, why don't you go next? Yep. Um. So my first pick. Like, I'm a newer developer, so I try to kind of, like, give myself, like, a crash course each week, like, a new topic to focus on, and just kind of, for the week, that's what I'm going to try to research and learn about in my spare time. So this week, I try to focus some more on, like, some networking-type stuff. So if you're a new developer, um, I think, like, obviously understand, like, TLS and HTTP, um, but I also started trying to look into the OSI model. So that was my tip for this week. And then my pick is the Second IO blog. They always have just like awesome, awesome stuff. So check that out. Great. Thank you, Amy. Um, all right, let's go with uh, Jeff. Uh, three quick picks. First is Max's um, blog post on Angular 2. I uh, did it a little while ago, but I thought it was a great read. And some of it may be out of date because they're changing the API so much and that type of thing, but it's still a good primer to kind of get you into things. Also, uh, Docker. I just started, uh, I've been doing on this DevOps kick, going from Vagrant to Docker to a bunch of other stuff, but um, I am really getting into it now. I, I, I'm going to have a link that I'll post of just kind of explaining what it is and why it's important, why people like it and that type of thing. And then uh, lastly, like, Patrick 
uh, picked. I'm going to pick Anger Connect, our, our talk. Patrick and I have been working the past week to try to shape up our talk. And I have to admit now that I, about a week ago I was uh, scared. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you're not uh, looking forward to uh, the talk coming up because it, was, it wasn't in as good of a shape as it should be. But now I'm, I'm, both of us are feeling really good, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So uh, tune in. Are you like 20% then, maybe? Nice. <laughs> cool. And uh, so do you think that you're definitely going to take Pete's crowd? Oh, dude, we're going to kill Pete. Forget about that. Like, he's, <laughs> he's gonna, They're going to have, like, dust balls in there and everything. Like, we, we have Get Human t-shirts. It's going to be standing right? room only. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be Get Human t-shirts, standing room only in our room. Forget about it. Nice. T-shirt time. <laughs> Uh, NG Wat. Okay, uh, I'll go next and I'll let our guests uh, go last. So, uh, for my tip, uh, build an app. You learn so much from building an app, whether it's a mobile app or a web app. Um, just come up with an idea. You don't even have to deploy it or anything. Like, just build something crazy, um, and uh, you'll learn a ton. Um, like, try out new technologies, uh, mess around with new things. And uh, the cool thing is, if you build it with Webpack then you can really easily try out all sorts of different things. You could have TypeScript and ES6 and uh, Stylus and SAS and Less and PostCSS, all in the same app and like reasonably so, which is amazing, I think. Um, so anyway, build an app. My picks, um, so first I saw a, a conference talk this morning that was really cool um, called Evolving Complex Systems Incrementally. It was at JSConf EU 2015, just a couple days ago, by Christoph Poher. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, but um, it was an, an amazing talk about a tool developed at Facebook called JS Shift, which is a code mod tool. And that's all I'm going to say. Go watch it. It's very, very cool. Um, and then my next pick is Ionic Utah. So Utah is getting an Ionic meetup, and the first meetup is coming up, I think, November 9th. So jump on that if you're in the Utah area, and if you're not, you should get in the Utah area because it's awesome. Um, <laughs> and then finally, my last pick is Mike's shirt. Uh, do you want to show that off for us really quick, Mike? Yeah, it's an Angular Air t-shirt, and it is awesome. Um, and you can actually, so we had a short period, of, you know, a couple weeks where those were on sale on Teespring, um, and that campaign has since ended. But if 22 more people say that they still want the shirt, then Teespring will uh, ship another another load or whatever. They'll do another batch. Um, and so you can get those shirts at teespring.com slash ng-air, ng-air, um, or there's a bit.ly link, um, bit.ly slash ng-air-shirt. So yeah, check that out. Um, so let's go with our guest. Adam, what do you have for us? For So what are we doing? We're doing a, a tip? Yeah, you can do picks, tips, um, you know, what you ate for breakfast. Okay, so my tip is to not get so spun up on other people's blogs. Don't get so, like, all worked up and, oh, this one guy out in the world has this opinion. I must regurgitate that and blindly reiterate it to everyone else because I don't know what he's talking about. I think there should be more critical thinking going on. You should be um, more confident in what you do know and not get so spun up by what other people are saying. So I... I don't know, just, just a little bit of voting or some more confidence in yourself of like you do kind of know what you're talking about um, and trust what you what you do know and don't get so spun up by other people's comments. 
Love it. Cool. Own experience is good. Um, okay, awesome. Ben, what do you have for us? All right, I'm going to jump off of your tip and say if you haven't ever built an app, you should build one because it will teach you a lot. <clears throat> I'm preference to Ionic, um, but that's my tip. Uh, I feel like that's is if you want to learn something, build an app or a website, and you'll learn stuff along the way as you, as you go. And then my pick would be, if you do decide to build an Ionic app, um, there's a new book out by, um, by Manning called Ionic in Action, which is written by one of our friends and uh, Ionic developers, Jeremy Wilkin. And um, try Ionic yet, or if you haven't learned it and you would like to, it's an awesome book. It has a forward by Adam. Um, in it, so we're really excited about it. It just came out, so check that out. Um, it's a great book. and We, we uh, are really super hyped on it. Awesome. Good. I think you've inspired Amy, so that's good. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. So, Ben, uh, what do you have for us? Oh, that's so funny. I just said Ben when he was the one who just barely gave his tips. I wanted more. That's actually what it was. Just kidding. Um, Max, why don't we go with you next? Sure, sure. So uh, my tip, I guess, which is something I was thinking about today, this morning, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of different types of developers out there, and I think uh, a lot of us would probably do better, feel better, be more successful in our careers if we kind of embrace the ones that we are. And my, my kind of perfect... Uh, example is you know, we have we have a lot of different developers at Ionic and one that we have working on Creator is very much like a hacker and it kind of has drawn like a pretty big contrast to me with some of the other ones on the team like if you're the type of person who you know doesn't necessarily care so much about like having your perfect code or perfect you know structure or whatever just wants to build something get it out quickly embrace it because that's really really valuable if you're the kind of person who wants to like make really strong code, like refactored, very maintainable. That's awesome. Just know where you fit, and like none of them are better than the other. They're just different. Um, I'm definitely a hacker. <laughs> uh, once the project kind of starts, I leave. <laughs> after, it's, after it's launched. Just kidding. Um, and then my, my link would be, uh, I saw this cool app um, recently called, it's called whenactive.com, whenactive. And it's a Twitter utility. Basically, like if you're trying to get someone's attention on Twitter, it it schedules your tweet for when they're active on Twitter. So if they're logged in and they just tweeted something, it'll schedule your tweet. Uh, and I thought that was like genius way to kind of like use social media just a little bit better. Um, so that's my my link. That sounds cool. I I have a huge plus one for your tip. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, Cool. Okay, so uh, Mike, uh, I think you are the last, which I guess implies that you're the best. So here you go. Um, so for my tip, uh, I guess just kind of make whatever tool that you use uh, the most kind of make it yours and make it you know super comfortable for you. Like I work in my terminal so much, and I love hacking around on you know my Bash prompt and Z shell and everything. So make whatever tool that you have super customized to you. Make it just that way you know how everything works for that. Um, if you need a good starting point, 
I have like a little project on GitHub called QuickShell, which is just like a slightly better than default bash prompt for any kind of Unixy system. So check it out. Uh, I guess for picks, um, I'm going to be down in Atlanta and up in Toronto for ConnectJS and then FullStack Toronto. So if you're in the area, uh, hit me up. I'll be doing a lot of Ionic 2 stuff and let me know if you want to grab a beer or something. Cool. Sounds good. I, I wish that I were uh, going up there. Um, you offered a ticket, and I, I just I couldn't take it. I'm so sad. Um, okay, cool. So I actually, we got another question on uh, Twitter. So this is a uh, good one. Um, the question is, uh, and actually we wanted to kind of touch on this on the show, but we were worried we wouldn't have time. Um, have you noticed any performance boost by using Angular 2? Yeah, I can answer that. Um, we definitely have. I think the, um, just in general, what what Angular 2 offers is with the, the faster repaint times and just um, how it manages um, the entire app, basically, without getting into too much details of exactly the, the differences between Angular 1 and Angular 2. Um, we've definitely noticed differences, but what I'm personally more excited about is kind of the lessons that we learned from building um, Ionic 1 and kind of how the CSS is structured and how they how we um, do move panes in and out and um, render it. So I'm, I'm kind of of both camps, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, like, the CSS side of things, too, and the huge performance improvements. Hey, Lucas, that we have. Hi, bud. I'm proud of you. Hey, bud. <laughs> Don't make me mute, Patrick. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's good to have you on the show. <laughs> it's good to be on. Cool. Well, thank you, Adam. Um, I I think we're all really looking forward to the performance gains of Angular. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm more looking forward to the uh, um, improved developer experience uh, and APIs and architectural um, design decisions. So, cool. Okay. Um, so I think that's our show. Let me just double check that nobody uh, asked a quick last minute one. Um, yep. So let's just wrap up. A reminder, next week is special. We're not going to be uh, showing or doing a show on Tuesday. We're going to be live at Angular Connect on Wednesday, um, really, really early in the, in the morning for those of us here in the United States. Um, and, but uh, it will be worth checking out for sure because you'll be watching all the talks anyway, so you may as well just tune in. So. Uh, remember to check us out on Google Plus and Twitter to keep up with the latest. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks everybody for coming on, and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. See ya.